Today's episode of In the Trenches is brought to you by System 12 Guitar Method. Sign up today at RyanRoxy.com. In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello, 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 and welcome to another live stream episode of In the Trenches. I am your host, Ryan Roxy. Hey, folks, what's happening? It feels like I just saw you. You know what? If you're just piling into the chat room right now, thank you very much. It's on the YouTube official channel right now. I see everybody there. We have a lot of the usual suspects, but if you're new and you're brand new, uh, hit that subscribe button right now if you can, because we want you to support In the Trenches and everything that we're doing here so we can bring you more amazing guests as the one we are having today. So let me dive right into it. Are you ready? I am ready for a rock show today. I'm telling you, so much good news has come out this last couple days. Um, We'll talk about it all. So, our guest today. Well, he's been extremely busy in the trenches, carving out a career of longevity that many singers would kill for. Not only has he been a member of one of the biggest metal bands of all time, he's also just finished his 11th studio album, War Within Me. And here to talk about it all, welcome into the trenches, Mr. Blaze Bailey. Hello, Blaze. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? <laughs> right, how you doing, man? How what's, you doing? What's happening, Blaze? You know what? Uh, uh, I had I messed up the intro just one line because it, it was a little bit corny, but, I, I, you know, maybe I'll redo it and cut it up and I'll say, welcome, the voice behind the fire, Blaze Bailey. Oh, that's um, nice. Well, we'll go with take that's one. That's nice. I think we'll yeah. go with take one, yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. all of a sudden, Vic yeah. is shaking his hands up and left and right because he's saying, "I know he's trying to type in the private chat that there's an echo going on." I know my producer better than he knows me, and he thinks he knows me pretty well. But um, Blaze, if we have any echo in the future, we'll let you know. Everything's getting better. If you want to turn your volume down, I think it's all good right now, right? Okay. So welcome to the podcast, Blaze Bailey. Right out, right out of the gate, I wanted to talk to you and want to talk big things about the new album because the new yeah. album you have a new album out i already mentioned it called uh the war within me is it war within me or the war within me oh, just war wait. within me all right and this album you put out just a couple of weeks ago digitally last month in april and yeah. the big news is did you want do you want to just go right out with the bombshell do you want to tell the folks what's happening well, everything has been delayed apart from the digital. Right. That's not the good news, folks. We, <laughs> uh, CDs were delayed, all COVID-related, um, and the vinyl had the longest delay. There's already a three-month waiting list at the factory because of so many people doing vinyl. We had that incorporated into our deadlines but then with covid and everything it's made it all late but the big news is the actual vinyl arrives at castle blaze this week and i will be signing it and posting it (laughs) on friday Oh, yeah. I feel like we should have some animation for that. I, it should be some sound effects, something like a jingle that uh, Robbie Miller could have written for this. I mean, it seems, but actually your voice, you have the voice not just for radio. You have the voice for podcast plays. 
Oh, thanks, man. That's very <laughs> kind. Very kind. That check is in the mail. When you talk about Blaze Castle, because we distinctly we did some research and we found out yeah. that you're from the South, Birmingham, and we've had a, we've Birmingham, had another yeah. we've had another uh, particular lead singer from Birmingham on the in the trenches not that long ago, Mr. Rob Halford, and I yeah. can only imagine that you that the well, two of you have I, met. I'm going to stop you there, uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> Ryan, because. Um, Birmingham is the middle of England. All right, geography and, challenge. Right, and Rob, I think he will be slightly annoyed. Things, as you get local, get a little bit tense. Rob is not from Birmingham as such. He's from the black country, uh... which is between Birmingham and Wolverhampton, and that's where I live as well. So it's slightly different. It's a Birmingham area, right? But Black Country is a place which is unique, and that's where where, where Robbie's from. It's a place, the birthplace of the Industrial Revolution, which of course became historically the cradle of heavy metal. Oh yeah! Don't know much about geography. I'm getting schooled, <laughs> folks. In the trenches, getting schooled by Mr. Blaze Bailey about UK geography, and apparently, I'm just saying, if you don't I, want to get into a fight, I know when you see Rob, it's best to say, "Are you from the Black Country, then, Rob?" And yet, but things will be okay for you then. Well, if I was in a fight, I'd be in his solo band fight. Yeah, wouldn't I? <laughs> there, there you go. But no, okay, so it's Cardiff. Am I right in saying Cardiff is is south and and no, Cardiff oh, is damn, I'm, I'm wrong again southwest man like okay a, you're in this trap of you're in this uh, geography trap of London being in the middle all right all right all right so London Birmingham's just a little bit a little bit south of London Birmingham is right no 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 man it's north it's, it's north. <laughs> just stop now. Let's move on to the music. You're in Man Castle. Bad. Okay, Castle Blaze is in Manchester. That's what I just wanted no, to get. No, yes, it is. Yes, yes, it is in Manchester. I just, yes. I just wanted Blaze. to get that straight. Damn it. Uh, Blaze. Castle Blaze is uh, Berry near Manchester, where they invented the very first battery for storing large amounts of wind power. Electricity. Fucking talking wind. Because the problem is with renewables. The, the problem is with renewables that you can't store the stuff, right? When you're online with a big uh, power station, that comes that comes down the line in the electricity, but you can't turn that power station off. It takes days to turn it off and turn it back on. The renewables, because there were no batteries to store the electric from renewables right they kept the power they kept the power stations going now there are batteries which have been developed invented in berry where you can actually store large amounts of electricity in the battery and it's just like a backwards freezer that's how it works Blaze, are you like this kind of like Elon Musk character that actually has his own, uh, uh, you know, alternative energy source? You definitely have a lot no. of energy. In, are, are you right now hooked up to wind power right now? Because you seem to have a lot of energy today. 
know what 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 i am is i'm metal i have the power of metal and i have this album which is to transmit energy to my fans so when my fans have war within me album playing they have more energy that's it there you go you can actually on the album cover on the album cover, you can actually see the source of all renewable energy. It's in the center of Blaze Bailey's skull, apparently, according yeah, to your it. album cover. Or is that a war going on inside your head? What is it? Yeah, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's the war. And you'll see just behind me there is Nikola Tesla. <laughs> Get just, out. It's- yeah, just behind my left ear there, there's Nikola Tesla is just over there, you see, going towards a black hole behind Stephen Hawking. Oh my God! There's so much going on. We're gonna break it all down because those are eleven tracks. I'm, I was gonna, you know what? We're gonna, the bombshell you already dropped that the vinyl's out. You're gonna be signing it with. Are you gonna be signing it with a renewable energy sharpie or what kind of? Uh, no, no. I always use these pens. Uh oh! You had a pen endorsement from, from Germany, and it's a paint pen. A paint pen, yeah, Hideously. of course hideously expensive but it's the only thing that i found will consistently go over hundreds of items a sharpie will always wear out it'll lose the flow you'll have bad ones this one you treat it carefully it'll last i think it's about 800 to a thousand items you can do you are elon musk there's some evil genius going on beside inside that war with inside your head right now my friend so there it is blaze bailey approved got to use a paint pen for all those that were asking out there because i always thought the sharpie was the uh sort of signature pen of choice when you're on the road but when you're doing apparently album signings go for the paint pen uh i'm a lefty so the I, I have to be a little bit careful because yeah, the paint be always gets on that part of my hand. Yeah, so that, it, that's going to be difficult. We've established that. Are you a right-handed person, I guess? Yeah, I am, yeah. All right. All right. Well, I was going to talk about that album cover just because we're already talking about The War Within, and then, of course, we're going to go mm-hmm. back to get forward. But one of my favorite songs I listened to uh, today was the unstoppable Stephen Hawking. And yeah. that was actually track ten of track of of these eleven tracks, folks. And no, he, no, it's not eleven tracks. It's not eleven tracks. Okay, I'm no right. ten tracks, man. Sorry, Ryan, to contradict you on your own show, mate. No, 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 you're right. You're right. I just couldn't. I, I just. It it's your eleventh. It's your eleventh studio album. Yeah, and That's the where reason I got up. the reason that you will think that it it appears to be, and it in fact is in one way the last song on the album is of the collection of songs is the unstoppable stephen hawking but that's track nine so what we do is we go from track one we go on the journey end up at track nine as the unstoppable stephen hawking that's the end and then we kind of reprise things by coming to the last song which is every storm ends and so it's kind of separate but it is the ending to the whole story the ending to the collection of songs is the unstoppable stephen hawking i wanted to do a tribute to the man not just the scientist of course genius incredible wrote books you know it is uh stephen 
Hawking, Hawking radiation, loads of incredible things in physics that he worked out. But for me, the important thing was the man and the courage of the man. They told him he had three years to live. Mr. Hawking, most people who have this condition are dead in three years. That's what they said to him. He said, I've got that. too much work to do. And 49 years later, he's giving a lecture on the other side of the world from a wheelchair, and he's found a way to communicate, yeah. sold out lecture, <clears throat> utterly brilliant. Now, if I'm faced with a situation where my body becomes almost useless <laughs> and I have to go by a wheelchair, what am I going to do? I, I, I can't imagine the courage and the strength to just keep going against what appears to be impossible circumstances. I, I can't imagine that. So how did that man do that? And one of my favourite quotes from Stephen Hawking is, focus on what you can do. That's it. That's one of the, the ultimate quotes. People say, how do you keep going? How, how do you do this? Have you got any advice for other people with disabilities? And Stephen Hawking said, focus on what you can do. And uh, for me, you know, I, I suffer with depression and have my ups and downs mentally. So it's just incredible. And we had that idea in the vault for quite a while and we got it back out and um it was it was the hawk it was called and the uh, hawk. oh man i yeah, wonder if that was his well, nickname yeah. that, that probably had to yeah, be his but, nickname right well it was on the simpsons that's what <laughs> that's what the inspiration was that it, it was on the simpsons and homer goes hey hawk and i, I thought man that is, they're so cool. That that team behind the Simpsons, they are so cool, man. That's, that's so smart. I thought, wow. And that was it. The Eye of the Hawk. That was, that was the center of the song. Right. And uh, we had it for years. And we bought it back out for these writing sessions. And I think it was Chris Appleton, who's the co-producer, co-writer yes. with me. He said, I think we need, you know, something a bit different for the chorus. And we jammed and we jammed and Unstoppable came. And it just seemed completely appropriate to the, the man that had the death sentence, but refused, refused no. to give in. He had to, to invent black. I, mean, I remember as a kid, him talking about black holes and the general public thinking, yeah, this is, he's crazy. This is not, you know, th th this is all rubbish. This is all just hyperbole. And boom, now it's our reality. Yeah. Wow. And the, uh, the lyric is, a, it uses the black holes in the lyric because it, it uses one of his quotes in the, yeah, that's it, man. It, it uses one of his quotes don't give up if you're in a black hole because it's not as black as people once thought. That's the start ah. of the song. And that, that's the hawk, man. They get, 
you know, I, I was thinking, I'm no scientist, man, I'm no physicist, but I was thinking, it doesn't make sense to me that something just squashes up and disappears. Something has to come out. If oh, you yeah, compress right. it, yeah. something and then that's it, Hawking radiation, all of this, and, you know, and now that, that's it, the centre of every centre of every galaxy is a black hole. Well, that's that, where we are right now, dude. How that affects us musically, I don't know. But, so uh, so it, far, so hold on, let me catch folks up. Uh, so far, with our lead vocalist, special guest Blaze Bailey, we've been talking UK geography, we've been talking alternative energy, and Stephen Hawking, and we haven't even hit the fifteen minute mark. So great. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Who knows what else we're going <laughs> to dive into? But let's dive into it right now with a little sec segment we like to call Let's Go Back to Get Forward. What do you say? <laughs> so, there you go. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask this question, and I think one of our uh, fans, when we do fan of the, when we do the let the people speak it's where a lot of your fans a lot of the in the trenches fans they write in questions yeah. and i know this was one of them um right out of the gate and i know you probably get asked this a, a ton of times but um being that your name is driven uh blaze bailey is your last name is your first name correct mm -hmm. am, I, am i correct uh, like I'm, I'm so paranoid now because i was wrong with the uk geography but i think your first yeah. name is bailey alexander cook I'm yeah, close with that. Now the name, the name Blaze, was that something that you came up with at a young age, or like like myself uh, with Roxy, or it's just a, it, it, the problem is I'm so old, man. I, I'm just no, you're not. I'm so old. I'm from a different era, you know. Yeah. When when yeah. I was a kid, there was they literally, and this is I know this is unbelievable <laughs> to a lot of people. When I was a kid. There was no internet and there were no cell phones when I was a kid. That's what was happening. And my father came up with this name he really liked. And I don't know how he, how he got it. Bailey, uh, spelled B-A-Y-L-E-Y. In those days, that was absolutely very very unique and unusual yeah and in the uk i think I'm, I'm possibly the only person in the world at that time to have the first name bailey there and, was there was uh, a stripper there was a stripper in the 80s over the, during the cat house era and she might have just been a fan of yours. That's what I'm I'm I'm, I'm thinking. Very likely. Very, very <laughs> likely, man. Very likely. But Bailey, doesn't Bailey sound with spelled that way? That's a great stripper name. Come on. Well, you, well, if you yeah. ever if you ever decide to switch careers, you you, you got well, it going. I, I have stripped. <laughs> I ha I have stripped, but uh the audition didn't go well. Well so why, uh, why didn't so, we why yeah, didn't we go, go. <laughs> is that you that's stripping? It, yeah. That's us. That's us backstage at, you know, at the strippers audition where <laughs> they were getting bands to strip. They thought this would, but no, nobody wants to pay for that. Why didn't we just start with that as being the big bombshell blaze, but you know, blaze Bailey is a stripper instead of like the, the vinyl coming out and then the whole paint pen, you know, 
I, ju I just don't think that's going to surprise people. That's the thing. <laughs> so, yeah, my, my given name was Bailey. And then, of course, in America, you're used to unusual names there, right? But in the UK, what's your name? Bailey. No, your first name. And, you know, after a few thousand times of being told you don't know your own first name, it gets wearing. You go to uh, United States, what's your first name? Bailey. Oh, that's unusual. Nobody second guesses it. People expect unusual names there. So <laughs> That's the second what, question. <laughs> what, what would happen is I'd just get sick of this. And we all gave ourselves these um, ludicrous, wonderful, crazy glam names in Wolfsbane at the start. So Slut Wrecker was the drummer. And uh, and that Steve Dane. painful, actually. Yeah, yeah. So we go, right, what's a good name for the drummer? Let's call him Slut Wrecker. That, that right. must have come right from Rat Scabies. Because that sounds the same thing. It's a drummer, yeah, drummer. It's, it's, just, like, it's the same kind of. It sounds it's on like the same instant path. disease. It sounds like an instant, an instant yeah. STD. Th th that's, that's great that we're not, getting because because that's not slot wrecker there that's steve danger he came after slot wrecker okay well see because he because i knew that our producer didn't know that i i knew that that yeah. was definitely steve danger come on it, this is controversial slot wrecker was wrecked by a slot <laughs> and could not continue steve danger came along and wolf spain was complete and that's the that's the first album lineup and there's a limerick been... somewhere in down there there's yeah. some sort of limerick and you might want to start putting it in putting it put paint pen to paper and start saying uh there once was a man named slut wrecker who was wrecked yeah. by a slut um so we are talking wolf spain because I, I wanted to get into that because it was in a sense one of your earlier bands but it's continued all the way up to this day and that's another bombshell that I kind of wanted to maybe people are, there's been an announcement that Will Span is maybe working on something new. What's happening? Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's, um, let's, let's, let's let what, it go. What happened was, uh, you know, that, that original lineup from the first album, 84 what, to 94, right? Yeah. Yeah. What, what we said was, well, that's the Will Span lineup. And, you know, as long as we're all alive, that will be it. That will be Wolfsbane. And we've made a couple of new albums after Maiden. Wolfsbane Saves the World being one of the, the best ones. And now, because lockdown is coming down and we can go visit each other, we're starting on another new album for Wolfsbane. So it's very, very exciting times. The thing is, the relationship between Wolfsbane and Alice Cooper is tenuous, but it is there. We supported Alice Cooper. I think it's Cornwall. I think it's a, a venue called Coliseum at the time. There might be somebody there, or they'll get the actual facts. Somebody in the and, somebody right now in the in the uh, chat room, please. And if you are listening to us on uh, Facebook Live or any of the audio broadcasts, make your way on over to the uh, YouTube official channel because we and we uh, we have it. We supported Alice Cooper on the tour where he's got the screen, then he walks out of the screen. 
The magic uh, screen? Yeah. He got the, he got the screen and yeah. then he walks out of the it's screen. called the magic uh, screen. Yeah, I think so. That's the one that we supported him on. And he was looking for something backstage. (laughs) And he wandered into our dressing room and said, is this the way to the stage? And then he wandered out. And that so so there is that that thing of uh, that tenuous link with that. So you're close. So yeah, (laughs) we did a a couple of shows. We, with him on that tour in this, the UK, obviously. This had to have been sometime in the late 80s then. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because yeah. that was before my time. Because I got into the band in 96. And yeah. I, I know that we've crossed paths. I'm sure we've shared dressing rooms at a festival, you know, at one point or another. Because that's one thing about you, but you don't stop. You've just tour and tour and tour. And whether it's Wolfsbane or... Or, or whether it's Absolva or whether it's Blaze and whether it's the Blaze Bailey band or whether it's anything that you do, it always seems that you're on tour and you love festivals. Well, yeah, I, I do my best. It's my life, really, Ryan. And, um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> last not last year, but the year before, I was at Sweden Rock Festival doing my anniversary set list of my Maiden Era songs because, uh, and this is just, it's not infuriating, it's just mildly amusing because I accept it now that people come up to me and they say, I haven't seen you since 1996. And I go, well, you know, I've toured every year since then with different albums and all of that so i thought you know what we'll do we'll do a a tour an anniversary tour of joining iron maiden not leaving but of joining 25 years since i joined iron maiden fantastic experience learned so much wonderful wonderful guys and then we get to sweden rock huge festival i think kiss were on uh slayer were just everybody massive massive festival and um and they're back there's a dressing room and there are two dressing rooms there's one for the band and i get my own blaze bailey dressing room and i'm like yes i have arrived i have got my own star dressing room who do you think you are do you think you're nita strauss who do you think you are yeah oh it was just incredible incredible (laughs) just a little moment and you think right going way back in time to playing the marquee in london which was basically the dressing room was basically an equipment storage closet at the back of the stage and the the headliner and the support everybody had to mock in together uh for the dressing room to go from there years later and have my own (laughs) porter cabin there it was ah it it was just fantastic that is royalty that it it really is you've made it at that point i guess Uh, it was good it was good weekend that was very very good weekend. well there's some questions a little bit about uh festivals on uh, but that's when the people speak so i do want to sort of 
dip our toe a little bit into those maiden years because we'll spend uh, 84 to 94, and then in 94, the world sort of changed for you. And um, does it feel good to know that you sort of brought your era of, of maiden, you have brought, uh, I would say, a metal masterpiece in, in the song The Klansman because they they're still it's still in the set today for them um is there other things that you felt you brought to that era that has lasting power or you know what is what is your takeaway from those 5 years of being in that huge band well i think my view has to be subjective really you know it's not for me to say you know uh, about anything else my own thing that happened to me is working with guys with so much confidence because they had success doing things their own way not easy they fought the record company they battled to get the artwork to get the sound that they wanted they had an album refused by emi and basically had to go to war with them to get it done and they did it all on their own terms they had success so to join a band and write with people who said it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks is what we think is good it doesn't matter who has the idea it just has to be a great idea that was so liberating because in wolf spain we battled and battled for our artistic freedom and to do the things we want and all the way you know every time it, it seemed like oh man what this is who we are it should sound this way it should look this way and we didn't get it and then in maiden it's like that just has to be good that's it it just has to be good verse chorus doesn't matter about anything it just has to be good and it has to make sense to you and it was incredible but then working very closely with steve harris and nigel green with steve harris on the writing and the production he found this other area of my voice which he'd heard before on a warm-up and um I, it was like another 40 percent of my instrument he found and suddenly i had all these extra places to go in my writing and musically in my vocalizations that we found and so that really for me was the big part of the x factor and virtual 11 and that's what's carried on forward to war within me that confidence finding that new part of my voice strengthening that and being able to have that in my toolbox so that when i'm looking you know what i want this emotion to go with this lyric and i i want i want it in this key then right which part of the voice is it it's this part yeah got it okay so he and steve brought out something in you that you didn't know you had he found it. It was there, and I didn't know. And he goes, "No, we'll use this there." So, on sign of the cross, that's where that's like the a rebirth of Blaze Bailey as a vocalist 
is there on so much of the X Factor. And I think for me personally, the biggest song on the Virtual Eleven album is Como Estas Amigos, um, which is a, a, a true story. And that What's the story has behind that? The, well, there was a war between Britain and Argentina. It, the Falklands War, we call it. They call it the uh, Malvinas. And um, one of my friends from childhood, from school, was in the Marines, and he died on the Falklands Islands. Mm. And I was, I never expected in my life to visit Argentina, but there I was with Maiden, and the hotel was in Parliament Square, and there is the memorial to the fallen from Argentina that died in the Falklands conflict. And that's, there was just all of these things started going around in my, in my head. I went to see the memorial and the people in Argentina were just so wonderful, welcoming, yeah. generous some of the uh, best fans in the world right some yeah. of the best most think, passionate how, fans in the world. how could there ever be a conflict yeah. with this but well of course if everything if the world was all as i intended to be metal and music then there wouldn't have been a there conflict. wouldn't be any conflict anywhere because you no. find these audiences completely agreeable and so much the same all over the world right so I went back to the hotel and on the hotel note paper, I, I wrote what I just thought, just my thoughts, like a, a kind of stream of consciousness poem. Then the next year when we're writing, I pull that out and say to Yannick, oh, no, Yannick said to me, I've got this little arpeggio thing that I like. Uh, what have you got? And I, I pulled out this hotel note paper that I bought to the writing session and the lyrics, it just turned into lyrics. It fitted together. Then we took it to a meeting with Steve Harris and he said, yeah, but it goes like this. And he put the parts into an arrangement, which I, which alien to me goes, no, it, this is how it goes. It changes there, it does this, and all of that. And for me, that's my biggest song. Personally, my biggest song from I Am Maiden is Como Estas Amigos, because it shows everything of the change in my voice, the ability to carry the genuine emotion into the microphone and get it back out of the speakers. It's got the arrangement there. I learned so much. So for me, my biggest Iron Maiden song is Como Estas so Amigos. Does your buddy know all that that, that song ha has some sort of uh, reference to him and has some sort of Well, no, because he died. He died in the Falklands. Oh my my childhood friend you did, joined you did the say Marines that at the beginning of the story. And and, yeah, yeah, it's obviious. Yeah, then right. he knows. He has to know somewhere yes. up there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I remember my mum telling me, oh, you know, Paul Summers, uh, the caretaker's son? I said, yeah, she, she's going, he's died in the Falklands. So I'm like, oh, shit. what? You know, and I think anybody who has friends in the military, 
it's a kind of thing that perhaps you don't want to think about. But of course, you're going to war and death is a, a distinct possibility. Death and being mutilated and all sorts of these things. But it's kind of there until it happens. And then when it comes into focus, it's like, wow. So years later, I would never have thought I'd be in Argentina uh, drinking and having fun with these, with the Argentinian people uh, and all of that, enjoying the same kind of music and yeah. everything years after that conflict and the death of my friend. So it, it's a... That's to me, that's the biggest song. But I know my biggest hit is Man on the Edge, top 10 around the world, and something I'm immensely proud of from the X Factor album. And a song <clears throat> that wasn't a single, but I really wish it had been a single, is Future Real. And that is from the virtual 11 album and uh it's a song that i often have in my live set now you know it's such uh such a cool song and i wrote that with steve harris well we are sitting here and, with blaze uh, bailey great memories of sitting there with him writing that song sitting here with blaze bailey talking about some of his favorite memories of songs in his uh, days with Iron Maiden and what you said earlier, that powerful story, it made me think a little bit because you do play a certain brand of it's aggressive music. Metal has always been um, your forte, what you bring to the table, your powerful voice. And a lot of these people that do actually defend countries and go off to war, they listen to aggressive metal music either to, pump themselves up or to maybe calm themselves down or just to cope. How does that make you feel as an artist knowing that you've, you know, you've been a part of that experience because I've had it happen to me before where we've played military, uh, places and I'll have a, a lot of troops, a lot of soldiers come up and say, Hey, we listen to your music right before we, we we get sent off on a mission and we just want to tell you it really pumps us up and it's like i inside i go that's great to hear or thanks i mean in a way it's kind of like wow i just go you know what whatever i can do to make your life good and better with what you have to do you know so but how does it make you feel in that world of just well i, I think for me I'm so, so lucky, Ryan. I am completely independent. I'm supported 100% by my fans. And that gives me a certain degree of freedom. Well, a massive amount of freedom, but also a great deal of responsibility that I feel. At my headline shows, there's a free meet and greet up until COVID. There's a free meet and greet at every headline Blaze Bailey show. And my fans share with me their stories and say, this album meant the world to me when I was going through a tough time. 
this song really helped me through this situation this album got me through some tragic tragic times where i was struggling to to hold on and for me that's very very humbling and right. had that in mind when we started the writing for the war within me album i thought my fans have supported me through thick and thin good and bad times when i'll hold my hands up i wasn't a hundred percent and they've believed in me and supported me and they've relied on my music they've made me part of their life in difficult times i thought now it's time for me to really do something special and when we talked about the the whole album like we do chris and i we always talk about how do we want the album to feel when it's finished what kind of album would we like to have and i said it's got to be positive man this has got to be positive this has to be an uplifting record Optimistic. that when you get to the end of it you go oh i got my blaze bailey album i feel much better <laughs> uh, and and that had to be it so from the first to the last note everything is is this the right key to have this vocal and this word and chris would go you know what i want this part of the voice let's go there and i would go okay for that and now in this part i want this part of the voice let's find the key let's make sure that that we're in that right that we're in that right place and if you've been waiting which my fans have for over two years for a blaze bailey record and you're locked in at home and you can't go anywhere when you get that record it better be good man it better be uplifting it better be great <laughs> so so that's on my mind all of the time and i'm looking over at chris yet yeah, this bit that bit and man that that was it your and passion then is when, your passion uh, is infectious dude you're when, hyping when, me when up you make me, thing, you make me want to record an album now man the, the, the first people listened online to to the you know the the it, we had all these delays but the digital release came out and the singles came out online when those fans said i like it it was oh it was such a huge relief you know we'd done the job and now people have got the cd and everything we've done the job so well, it, it was a it risk. sounds a little bit like it sounds a little bit like chris was your steve on this project chris with you well, and chris working together and maybe we, did chris bring out some stuff as well we've um we've worked together now we've done this is our fourth studio album together we've written over 50 songs together we've produced this is the fourth album we've produced together and we have a kind of shorthand now about the way that we do things you know it, it's that thing you the more you do something the better you get at it and so we we we've cut out a lot of the bits that we used to waste time on because we know what works in in one way and also i think one of the most important things apart from his huge talent as a musician and his skills 
as an engineer, he's very patient and he hasn't killed me. So uh, I am an arsehole and I, f I freely admit I'm an arsehole. I'm difficult to work with because sometimes I get an idea and I will charge off. I go, no, I want it like this. No, no. And sometimes he'll say things and I will, I, I will just throw things at him. You know, uh, and he he managed. He survived that. He hasn't killed me, and we've actually come up with some pretty good songs. So um, that's a huge, a huge part of the relationship. And I think what happens is in between albums and sessions, he needs recovery time because it's. I think for him, it's like going back in the ring. And uh, I, I, I think Chris, Chris is like, yeah, we get the results. We love what we do. We love metal and we love coming up with these solutions and, and these ideas. We, we both love that. But I think for Chris, it's like, yeah, I've, I've got another couple of weeks with Blaze. I better get ready for it. You know, it's like this and war within me, you know, the work that Chris has done on that and the work that we've done together is just magnificent, man. So, so proud of it. Well, but for both of us, all of the time, we had the fans front and center. We had those voices in our heads from people that come to show after show. People that have T-shirts going back years and years and drag them out. And you see other fans going, you're so intense. Please, where's that T-shirt from? You're fucking, you're freaking me out. You're so intense about this album. It makes me want to go out and listen to it right now. Because what the people are saying, it's not me, it's not you. It's what the people are saying is that you are creating the type of music that, Iron Maiden is no longer creating that vibe, that sort of metal sort of pushing all for the fans. It seems like you are, have taken the reins and are driving that forceful music. Well, I think here's, here's the thing. Iron Maiden are a part of pop culture. To me, Iron Maiden, along with Alice Cooper, and a few other artists are as important as Star Wars. And I think you'll get that cultural reference, Ryan. 1977, uh, of, baby. Oh, yeah. Of what, yeah, of what I'm saying. That's how important Iron Maiden, Alice Cooper, Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, a few, only a very few bands are culturally that important. Now, when you've been going that long, I think, and you're an artist, you're going to go in different directions. So my era of the X Factor and Virtual Eleven and Steve and I working together, that marked a turning point, a moving towards the more progressive side of Iron Maiden, moving towards a more elaborate side, Great music, still wonderful, wonderful music. For me, I've gone in a different direction. I have become more focused about what I do, and I've limited myself partly because my imagination is so vast, it will go into any direction, and I'll think it's a good idea. <laughs> and you know, and then I, I then I'm like. 
uh, how did I get here? I thought we were making a heavy metal album and suddenly here I am with a piano and me, you know, so <laughs> there, that, that's how it is. So they've gone in that direction. I've limited myself purposely as an artist. This is what I wanted to do. I wanted to focus my energy in this very specific thing. And since my Silicon Messiah album, that's what I've managed to do, you know, and uh, it's worked for me. And, and I'm just so, so lucky, man, that I have fans around the world that have supported me, believed in me, and really made it possible for me to get to a stage where I can make the War Within Me album and do something which I feel, I know it sounds cheesy, it sounds pretentious, but I feel it's probably my most important work that I've ever done uh, is the simple arrangements on this heavy metal album. It's probably the most important thing I've done outside of Wolfsbane. Well, if it's any is is if it's it's at all energetic as this interview, um, it it's definitely the most passionate work that you've done because you've shown so much passion towards this album and this interview, by the way. And it's cool that you talked about this sound that you've been focused on. Um, my question is, what would you consider is your sort of signature sound? And I'll say I'll say what I. My opinion, and then you say yours. I I feel that listening to the albums over the years, you have definitely focused on with guitar harmonies and your vocal interaction within those guitars. I, I, I find you and the guitars sort of doing a dance, if you will. And it, it definitely has a sound that transcends many albums. What do you consider your signature sound? Well, I, I think... War Within Me is, that is, you can say, that's the signature Blaze Bailey sound. As an artist, now I'm in a, the role of producer as well, alongside Chris Appleton. Now I'm in that, then I can extend from the lyric, from the melody, from the music, into the mixing as well. And I can actually take you on a complete journey. As my listener, I can take you and go, right, I want look at this now, hear this now, come with me this way, come with me that way. I'm taking you there. So, you know, it's a sound that I've had on most of my solo albums, apart from my infinite entanglement trilogy and that is to have power a feeling of power the essential depth of for me what is a metal sound is a great sounding electric guitar and that guitar cannot have any reverb on it it's got to be there in the speakers or it's got to be there in the headphones. It's a, a phrase, a very old friend of mine said, the guitars have to part your hair. 
And you can see that's happened to me several times. Yeah. And you, you may have heard that along the way, right? Or the guitars. The guitars are part you there, you know. And, well, I always uh, hear the guitars are too loud. Well, <laughs> usually yeah, the only other singer that says the guitars aren't too loud is Alice. So thank you for yeah. being one of the one of those I'm amazing singers that loves guitar loud guitars. I'm just a huge fan of electric guitar, you know, and I've been lucky to work with some incredible musicians along the way, talented people, and. Uh, in Wolfsbane, working with Jace Edwards, is such an innovator, man. He he he, might, he does things with electric guitar that you, you you think, well, how is it? How is the sound that he's making completely unrelated to electric guitar? But that's what he's playing it on, <laughs> you know. And uh, and with with uh, Chris Appleton, he's so musical. And you have Luke so as well, Chris's brother. Because I want to give credit to the whole entire band as well. Because Chris Appleton and Luke Appleton are, are are on the on the newest record. I'm assuming as well. Yes. No, no, you're wrong. Oh, great! You're awesome, I'm wrong. I love wrong to be wrong there. on geography and band but, members. What? Yeah, no. I, I, but but don't. It's a great podcast. Don't worry. Don't let it affect your confidence. <laughs> and trust me, it's going to affect great. my confidence. <laughs> my ego's way you're too a, big. Ask my producer. You're a great host, Ryan. You're a great host. Yeah, even though the geography and the lineup that recorded the album is completely wrong, I blame, you're still a great host. I fucking blame your Wikipedia site. Up fucking, up fucking dating. Yeah. Update your fucking Wikipedia. Someone in the I, chat, start updating uh, Blaze's Wikipedia because I thought the main band that you had today was Blaze on, on vocals, Chris, of course, your producer that's that's actually you know co-producer who's pl also playing guitars. I thought Luke, his brother, was, but uh, and Carl and Martin. Maybe I'm wrong, but tell me. Yes. Let's give some credit to the band because I want the whole. I want the whole band to get credit because you give credit to all the fans. Now give it to your band as well because I know yeah, you do a good job. Yeah, all those guys there in the photo, they are on the album. They're on this new album. Talk about but it. But bizarrely, though, I have had Luke guesting on. Uh, my previous three albums as a vocalist, actually, um, he is not anywhere on the War Within Me album, but he is now a full-time member of the touring lineup of Blaze Bailey. And if everything goes great and we don't get, you know, too many more viruses, he will also be featured on the next studio album, but he's only just come on. Okay. He was in the lineup for the anniversary Iron Maiden set as the second guitar, the rhythm guitar. Now he's come on board, not really in a rhythm guitar role, but as a power guitar role. I like that term. I like that term, power man, guitar. I, I, I don't... I don't the the rhythm guitar the ultimate rhythm guitar is Malcolm Young. This is a man who actually brings AC/DC to a place where it is a rock of rhythm that will move you from your heart to your penis. And uh, this is what Malcolm Young has, did for AC/DC for so many so, years. Yeah, uh, 
for me, the cliches that we use in metal, the cheesy parts of metal, you know, heavy metal is the worst, absolutely the worst music imaginable when it's played badly. And it is the best, the absolutely the best, most powerful, passionate music when it's done well. But it's still electric guitar, bass and drums and a bit of singing. So uh, how does that work that it does that way? So when I spoke to Luke... Why uh, does metal suck? Is it basically what we want to find out? Why? Well, it's something where people forget to you. People forget themselves. And I think they focus on details and sounding like other people. Instead of going... Why does that, why do I love that band? What do they do to me? What is it inside me that I can express using this very limited style? Um, People just go, I want to sound like Metallica. I want to sound like Iron Maiden. I want to sound like this. And their personalities are, are, are left. You know, the greatest gift that we have as musicians and as human beings, the number one thing is imagination. And when that gets left out of metal music, that's when it's the most tedious, vile, horrible, poisonous thing imaginable. And when it's in metal music and when there's passion in there, it's just unbelievable. It's, it's illegal. It would be illegal if the government knew how heavy metal made us feel. They would tax it, man. They would tax it. Absolutely. They would the UK. They would they would the UK. I know that. It was like the rock shows, the metal shows. It'd be like, well, how come it's three times more than Michael Bublé? Well, that's because it's taxed on feeling. You will feel good with Bublé, but when you come to see Blaze, it's going to be quite a lot better feeling. A different so, vibe. So yeah, that's it. And I love Michael Bublé. I love him. I love him. Love me oh singing. Good. Right? There it is. Blaze Bailey and T. That's what we're talking. Because there wasn't the whole thing about America and, and the UK about T. Or am I wrong about that? Am I wrong about history too, Blaze? <laughs> well. I, I Don't, think, let's not get into history. The Hold biggest, on. <laughs> the biggest differences were that Uh, and this is also true of Brazil, is in the very early days of rock bands coming to the US, the equipment was just so limited. You're going to blame the voltage with 240 going to 110? The golden, a golden age, a golden age was you could get your back line onto the plane. Then you could get a big car to come and pick you and the band and the back line up, including your drums, take you to the gig, play the gig, then take your back line on a flight to another city. This was a golden age of rock where rock was being born in the days of bad company the early days of led zeppelin this is where rock was being so uh, the the actual equipment as far as 
uh, PA and things like this, which is very, very limited and ramshackle. And then over a very short space of time, as heavy rock and metal started to become popular, that's when all the innovation started and all the equipment started to get better. You know, the, the whole consciousness of American uh, industrial creativity started to be caught, uh, involved in music and making music. Yeah. And then the next few years, suddenly, wow, America is the place to go. But in that, that little era of British bands coming over, that was like a little golden time. And it was like that a few years ago in Britain. Well, it's, a long time ago, it definitely planted a seed with a lot of bands in America from America. Obviously, it it, it was um, it was the same in Brazil. I started going to Brazil, and just the PA would be awful. And you know, you go, <laughs> is that okay? I don't know. <laughs> you know, so <clears throat> and then. 15 years later, everybody's got digital desks. They know how to work them. And it's just as good as anywhere else. You know, you go and play Manifesto Bar in Sao Paulo. It's one of my favorite venues in the world. The guys there, it's one of the shortest sound checks you will ever do. You better make sure you're in tune at the start of it. Okay, uh, kick drum. Yeah, done. <laughs> I got it. Stay. Yeah, got that. And it's like, what? And he's like, guitar. Uh, okay, clean guitar. Uh, yeah, done. And it's like, what? And the sound is always fantastic there. Wow. Always fantastic. The guys just know their gear. They go, yeah, done. Okay. So, well, we've had everyone here. <laughs> so, and it's absolutely great, man. Wonderful, wonderful place. So well, I think that's a huge part of it. What we do is having that equipment making sure that an electric guitar can actually come out sounding as I think electric guitars were meant to sound by Jimi Hendrix. In a roundabout way, the Blaze Bailey signature sound. We talked about guitars and vocals. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so it's hold, guitar. So hold on <clears throat> one second now, Blaze. Before we go off, because uh, we are going to talk about South uh, South America, because we have uh, some Let the People Speak segments. But first, because we're talking about audio and all the good things that we have with audio, we're going to take a quick commercial break uh, with one of our sponsors, Buyer Dynamic, and then we are going to talk about our fan of the week that we have. But we are here with uh, lead vocalist, frontman uh, extraordinaire, and obviously having a lot of energy uh, today. We thank you for that being in the trenches, Mr. Blaze Bailey. Um, we are talking about the new album, The War Within. And, um, of course, I'm getting everything wrong about the band members in it and the geography and, apparently, The War Within Me. And I even got the title wrong, damn it. The War, war Within Me, Blaze Bailey's new record. But first, we're going to hear a quick commercial from our friends at Biodynamic. Vic, run it, please. Thank you. Hello, folks. Roxy here. Hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. I'm very excited today to announce our newest sponsor, Biodynamic. They produce some of the industry's very Help. best quality microphones and headphones, and that's why they're the perfect fit right here in the trenches. You're hearing my voice today through the great TG V70 microphone. This mic is perfect for any home studio, plus I get to use it on stage. 
I have paired the mic with the legendary Biodynamic Studio headphones, and they're called the DT770 Pros. These are amazing for analytical listening, truly the most authentic sound experience I've ever had. So whether it's listening to a podcast or one of your favorite albums, I definitely recommend these. Treat yourself right with Biodynamic Gear, the gold standard in high fidelity. Now, let's get back to the podcast. There we are. We are back on the podcast with Blaze Bailey. Blaze, thank you so much for being here in the trenches. Are you enjoying yourself? Or um... Yeah, so far, okay. so good. And uh, I suppose the manager, my manager, has spoken to you about the money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Tons of money. Think, it's rock and roll. Anything I think about the money, you know, <clears throat> at the end of the podcast, <laughs> you know, who, who do I uh, Funny money, I talk funny to money. about the money? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all about the money, you know, or, or the yeah. lack thereof in 2020. You know, in, the early, in the early days, well, it's, 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 it's all the time, really. But, uh, you know, in the early days, do the gig. And people will try and get out of you've done it, and people will try and get out of paying it, and oh, don't have this. And I remember one situation in Brighton, uh, and it was only a hundred pound fee, and we had the little contract from the agent and everything. Oh, Brighton, and the south of the south of the UK, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> wow! I told you, ah, I told you ah. I'd get it right. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I fucking yeah, looked at a map a, during the commercial break. I, I took out a map of the UK, so now you can't wow. stun me. <laughs> it's incredible. It, it's like, well, it's some kind of that. That's not just headphones. That's electrodes feeding Dude. directly into your brain. Dude. It, 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 you're yeah. like a secret agent. Okay, now no, you're like uh, you're like you're like the Matrix, man. It's, right now, I need to know about British geography. Brightness on the south coast. I'm your album cover. Vic, put the album yeah. cover up again. I am the war within. Yeah, there it is. That's my head right now spinning. So let's talk about the settlement because you know what? You must have actually, everyone knows you get paid before the show and you wouldn't do that. No, 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 no not in the small time, little gigs. Years and years ago, it's paid in cash on the night. And so most times you'd be paid after the gig because people would expect to make the money from the tickets to pay the band. Yeah, that's one. Yes. And um, But this was like a tiny little gig. It was £100. And the guy said, uh, £80. And I said, what? He goes, well, I've got the taxi money for the barmaid and the security. I said, no, man, I've got a contract here. There's no barmaid taxi fee. And there's no security uh, doorman fee. Anyway, you haven't got a doorman. So what about the metal tax fee, too? They, they, yeah. they should have charged you for the tax on the metal. And, and, and the, guy, the, the, guy said, um, the guy said, well, it's £80. And so Steve Danger, the drummer, uh, just an amazing, amazing drummer. His sound, his passion is incredible. Steve Danger was wearing clogs. He went through a phase of wearing clogs, these big wooden shoes. Uh, and from, so, from Denmark, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, from Hebden Bridge in the UK. Well, but clogs were invented in Denmark. Come on. No, no, no. no, no, no I'm no, sorry, Holland. No, Holland. Clogs were invented in England at Hebden Bridge in the UK. All yeah, right. it's a known fact. <laughs> 
It's a known fact, man. I thought so, velvet yeah. was. I thought the yeah. Camden Market no, invented no. velvet vests and velvet clothing. invented in Hebden Bridge in the UK. And right. Steve Danger had these enormous wooden, I mean, they're just wooden clothes. So, so I said, Steve is refusing to pay. And then you heard, Come the and the bloke goes, he didn't even see Steve. The bloke goes, I'll get the money. <laughs> so the sound of Steve Danger walking made this guy get the money. Years later, shimmer, 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 shimmer. Yeah. We're in Los Angeles. We're on Hollywood Boulevard. It's Halloween, right? Everybody dressed up. Every Who are they looking at? Who is everybody on Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles looking at? They're looking at Steve Danger because they can hear chunk, chunk, chunk. Got the clogs, man. Oh. Yeah, man, the clogs invented in Hebden Bridge in England. I, I, you know what? We got to fact check that because I, that I think you might be wrong about. I think the clogs were invented in uh, Holland. In, in the Netherlands, but... No, they came up with their own clogs. Yeah. Absolutely, they came up with their own clogs. Right. Yeah, but they're not as good as the English ones. No, no. Well, the original Alice Cooper band, they all wore really high-heeled, and they weren't clogs, but they were like... Did he, did he wear socks with them, or are they, are they just toeless and naked? No, no, just don't go there. I think... You know, How did he play drums one... with clogs? How the fuck did Steve? Did Steve Danger even play the drums? He's a feel. Steve Danger is a feel player. <laughs> he plays in bare feet, man. He feels the pedal. Like, you can't have shoes on. Did he, he have a clog roadie? Uh, now I'm now 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 this podcast has become completely about Steve Danger and and his uh, bass player Rod Syphilis. Now it's who else? Become about feeling. All right. It's about feeling and a connection. <laughs> Were those with, are those the actual clogs of Steve Dangers? I love oh, it. Man, he's far more glamorous than that. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I think those are actually Stephen Hawking's original clogs. And Steve, yeah, Hawking, maybe. you know, maybe, maybe if he ever went to Hebden Bridge. <laughs> Steve Boom Boom Danger. See, is there even huh? is there another name besides was how many nicknames did Steve Steve Danger did he even have a name? No, now it's Boom he, Boom. He got, he got the name Steve Danger when we were in traffic, and he got out of the van in traffic and let the van keep rolling forward. <laughs> got out the driver's seat, ran around the van. One of his sneakers fell off because he hadn't laced it up. He went back, got the sneaker, put it on, then jumped back in the van and carried on driving. That's And it was like, what? And that was where he got the name Steve Danger. He's like, you're not Steve. It's like Steve Danger, we should call you. And he just stopped them. And then that, that, was, that was the uh, day he probably switched the clogs. Man. Yeah. I, 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 I feel that I feel that we spent a lot of time on Steve Danger that he wouldn't spend talking about us. Yes, yeah, so Luke, Luke, we were talking about Luke Appleton, <laughs> this incredible, talented guy, wonderful player, an expert on bass guitar and on lead guitar. He has joined my full-time touring band and will probably be on my next album 
he is in a role that I have created called Power Guitar. But not a single note on War Within Me. No. Okay. That's all I, it's all he, I wanted to clear he's up. Been, he's been on the last three albums. I know. I know. That's why that's I said his name. Usually. That's why I was trying to give him credit the whole entire time. Yeah, and uh, and you corrected me on the band name. What about the other guys, the bass player, Carl and Martin? Are those the guys in the photo that, 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 were, that were on the album as well? Yeah, that's right. You oh, got that, that right. Is that Carl Schramm yeah. and Martin McNee? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Point them out in the lineup there. I couldn't, well, you know? But th that's the band, and that's the War Within Me band, plus the great Luke Appleton, who, Vic, do you have a picture of Luke right now? Uh, my producer's saying he does not have a picture right now of just Luke. No, that's not Luke. We've well, already if you've established that. Of, if you find a picture of Absolver, Luke yeah. is in, in Absolver. Yeah. Yeah, he's in Absolver. Now, now that's, the, that's another thing, because you have a lot of concurrent bands, but they all sort of meld together, too. They all sort of, there's members of, of uh, Absolva that are in, are in this Blaze Bailey band as well. And then Wolfsbane, Wolfsbane is still has, you guys are all the original, but you're, and you're still making a record because you're doing stuff in 2021 as well as uh, this Blaze Bailey Absolva project. And who knows, there might be even something new coming out of the creation of uh, Blaze Bailey in, in 2021. But that's why we're getting to this point where the people are speaking and, and enough of us, of us talking about it. These are yep. questions that people want to know uh, from okay. the chat room. Our producer's been putting it out. It's a section we call Let the People Speak. Come on, Vic. Because we were talking about South America and how passionate the fans are, whether it's all the way in... Um, well, you're talking about Brazil a lot. So let's talk a first question off from at Sergio Maciado. Maciado. Uh, when will you come to play Rio again with any of the projects well, uh, that you're doing? Well, it's it's the same answer for everything. And, and it's exactly the same for you, Ryan. When the virus isn't a problem. Where mm -hmm. that When people can go out and go to venues... That's when we'll try and get a booking and return. You know, I, I miss my fans everywhere. Yeah. That's been the worst part of the lockdown and staying at home for me. It's not even the gigs. It's just actually meeting my fans. You know, it, it's a real source of mental sustenance for me. It's just meeting my fans and being able to interact with my fans. And uh, I've missed, I've really, really missed that over this time. It has meant had more time than we expected to work on the War Within Me album. We've had more time to actually work on the songs and the music and also more time to have a break and come back to it with a more objective outlook and listen to the songs again. So that's a big part of why it sounds the way it does and why we feel that it's so complete. We had this extra time to use for the writing and recording and production of the album, but 
it is at the expense of not seeing the my fans, fans. Yeah, and that's, that's what you've been, been doing for so many years year in and year out. because you know with the ups and downs and the things i've been through and all of that then my fans have always been there and uh that's been a real challenge so i'm so excited we've got a couple of festivals this year we've got some dates scheduled for the uk at first see how everything goes with the rest of europe and then the rest of the world and you have your dates now well, that was the thing i was going to say the big news this uh just recently was that alice put out uh a tour with ace Frehley, and um you know fingers crossed everybody uh goes and gets your damn vaccine so we can actually put on shows again and i know there's going to be a whole bunch of protocols that uh sort of come up with this tour. We've already been told it's not going to be like uh, normal touring just yet, but there's going to be um, a definite push towards getting things back to normalcy. Alice Cooper and Ace Fraley have announced dates, uh, an, an actual tour. So I did see that on the Blaze Bailey website, and you guys can go check that out right now after the podcast, that you have some UK dates already available and so you are going to definitely test uh test the waters and uh go out in the uk first and i think well, starting in september yeah uh, yes september, uh, um, that's that's when we start our own small dates and I, i'm very lucky to have uh, an absolutely wonderful wonderful manager that supports me in my artistic vision but also what he's done is he's spoken to all of the local promoters of places where we normally like to play. And he's done it in a way of, okay, we need to book something. We've got to start something. Let's do this together and let's try and make it happen together. So it's not a them and us relationship. It's uh, right venues and promoters and the band we're all in this together we all want the same thing we all want to perform to our fans and have the energy of a live concert no matter how small and i'm absolutely tiny um in popularity you know i'm not a a popular singer however famous i may be to some people and i'm not trying to get big and that's a difficult concept for a lot of people to understand well you could get bigger and i'm like why i don't want to get big i don't need to get big i have enough fans really i don't want any more fans because the signings will take longer at the end of the show. You're going to get you more know. fans out of this podcast. There's no doubt about it, Blaze. But no, you know what? Because you, you are so hyper-focused on what you do, and you put all your passion into that. I think people respect that, and people actually gravitate towards that positive energy. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, speaking of the UK and tours in the UK, I'm going to move on to a question from at band Don underscore clown underscore corpse. Um because it's again back to those festivals that you we always seem to find ourselves playing in Europe. Um, do you remember playing the Medieval Fest in the UK, and did you enjoy it? Well, what town was it in? There you go. 
It was it was in the south of the UK. In, in, according <laughs> it to in you, north. yeah, <laughs> it could have uh, been uh, anywhere, uh, man. Give me a friggin' compass, you know. Uh, according to you, I, I play hundreds of festivals. All right, you know, enormous and small, and I love them all. So the Medieval Festival is one of about a hundred festivals I've played in the last five years. So give me a few more details, and I will tell you. I, I can tell. I can tell you this. I did enjoy it okay. because wherever it was, I loved <laughs> to sing. And if there was more than one person there, I probably would have yeah put on the full, the full blaze force and uh, done my best there. Well, you're the putting on the full about, blaze force with us today yeah, in the trenches, so we I, appreciate I, that. You know that. The other thing, Ryan, I'm fiercely competitive. Really? And, yeah, I think it's a part of where I've come from and my ambition. Uh, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but it's certainly a part of who I am. And it's a part of... Can you turn of, it off or is it always? Is it constant? It's kind of... It's always there, really. There's this competitive thing. It's almost the same as sports is, you know, it, going right back to the beginning in Wolfsbane, we wanted to be the best band in Tamworth. Then we wanted to be the best metal band in Birmingham. We wanted to be the best metal band in the UK. And it, for me personally, and I know this is the same for Chris Appleton and Luke, uh, when we play live, you know, well, for all the guys in the band, for um, for Martin and Carl too, if we're on a festival, it doesn't matter where we are, we've got to be the best, man. You want to be the band that everyone talks about. got to be the yeah. best. We, whoever is on, we look at, they. it doesn't matter how good they are, whoever is on, we're like, we need to kick the shit out of them. You know, when we get on it, we're gonna we're gonna tear this place up. Absolutely and you know, that's a part I of it. I love that attitude, boys. I just don't like it sometimes when it transcends after the gig or when it transcends yeah, Absolutely. It, it it leave it on the stage. Yeah. Leave it on the stage. Yeah, then we're on the it same is it, it, it is it is something where you wanna be after the gig. Everybody's friends. It's all, and you just say you don't have to say it. It's not about being famous, how many records you sell or don't sell. It's just that when you went out on the stage, you left it all on the stage, and what you left there was bigger and more smelly and more memorable than anybody else. <laughs> That's it. So when Blaze Bailey hits the stage. He leaves something big and smelly after every gig. Metaphorically smelly, well, Ryan. Not, we don't know that for sure because you oh. did have your own dressing room with your own porta potty. I remember you saying that, and I don't even want to know who had to clean that up. All right, so let's move on with one more question because this goes with guitars, and you were talking how much you do love guitars uh, and guitarists. Uh, at yeah. Bona Federico, best guitarist of all time. Uh, you have a it's impossible. Yeah, it's, it's impossible. It is absolutely. You don't have to have played with them. Maybe just just someone that you listen it, to all it, the time. It, it is impossible to say that because 
It's like saying who is the best man of all time, because it, it is it is not. And you know this as much as I do, probably more. It's not about the guitar and the dexterity. It is about the man coming through the guitar and his emotions coming into what is basically right a magnetic field being disturbed electrons a magnetic field. just yeah this the the strings do not touch the pickup the pickup is magnetic it's a magnetic field so this man you ryan are there and you are basically taking your emotion and your personality and you're transmitting it across space using a magnetic field and electricity primal forces absolutely that's it so it's impossible but guitarists that have influenced me i can say tony iomi Jimi hendrix uh all people all right. like that i mean you know. those are those are two amazingly great guitar players no doubt about it um let's move on to another question from only yet because the best way to get into the music scene because you definitely have some passion with it. What do you do? Do you just do you just start playing? How did you do it? Did you did you did you find the guys and say, you know, how did you find the band? How did you form the band? How did anybody match the type of energy that you were putting into it when you first got into it? And what is the best way to get into the music scene? Well, I didn't form the first band. Jace Edwards and Jeff Haightley were at school together and they were getting a band together. They were looking for a vocalist. I saw in the local newspaper, the Tamworth Herald, they had a little advert, heavy metal singer required no experience necessary. <laughs> and that was me. <laughs> and so I went along to the audition and I'd never sung in front of anybody before in my life. You know, I worked in a hotel night shifts at the time and my only audience was a Hoover as I cleaned the hotel. Mm. And, I, and I went along and would be we a didn't, Dyson. you know, <laughs> no man, I'm so old. It's well before Dyson. Oh, really? You know, All right. Yeah. I, Dyson is a science fiction fantasy when I was working in a hotel hoovering as a job. Absolutely, man. That's like Star Trek, you know. Hoover was someone, Hoover was a nickname that you would call someone that would do all the drugs, I guess. That would be another oh, term. No. no, man. It's all about music for me. I love it. And uh, so I went along and I think I may have been, though I don't want to know, the truth about this, I may have been the only vocalist that went for an audition. And uh, so they called me, they said, you've got it. 
and the band they called it wolf spain and that was it man that was the start of my career in music um ronnie james dio had done the holy diver tour i saw him sing children of the sea that was the epiphany that changed my life and made me want to be a professional rock and metal singer and tour the world with a band so such a I, consummate professional ronnie james dio yeah. one of the most powerful voices and i and i know what you're saying when you when you say you had that epiphany because when we did a tour with with dio night after night and talk about leaving it all on stage he would give it all and and blow us away every single night it was such a pleasure to try to have you know to try to even compete after after he came up and sang because what a voice and what a performance wow cool and i i think what has happened over the years is that people have picked up a guitar i don't think it's as bad now but they've picked up a guitar and then their best friend has said wow you should be in a band you could be a big rock star but really music is personal and it is a wonderful wonderful expression and a way to connect your soul to other souls so the number one reason should be play an instrument learn to play a musical instrument just because it feels good that's it and then if you want to put a band together don't do it to be the next metallica or the next iron maiden or the next sabaton if you put a band together this is only my opinion put it together with your friends that you can get along with not people who all love maiden all love metallica or all love Manowar, or all love Alice Cooper. Put your band together with people that you can just get along with. Then see how you sound. That's it. That's it. That's for me. True greatness is there. That's where it is. It's between a bunch of people getting together and going, "Oh, we could do this." And this guy's in. This guy's into Black Sabbath. This guy's into Depeche Mode. This guy is, I don't know, he's into Dolly Parton and old country style stuff. And but great friends. And for me, that's the way, you know, to to really start and do something. Forget about being famous. It's worth being famous. Is a lot of fun but it's not actually worth anything being famous is as good as a cold drink on a hot day but it's that's the only time it's good <laughs> because a cold drink on a freezing cold day is no good at all so go. that's fame for you you know it's, it's good when the sun is shining but in the middle of winter uh, being famous will not feed you. I'm not, so, you, I'm not like you, Brit guys. I'll take a cold beer anytime. Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter be, if it's uh, cold out or it doesn't matter if it's warm out. It, I'll just take a cold beer. But it's really good advice that you give to, to, to that you just gave about getting into the music scene, or 
you could just answer any sort of classified ad that says no experience necessary. Absolutely. And, get, and that's Absolutely. another it's another sort of method, I guess that's you could the, have. That's the you know, that that's this whole way in and but for for modern players and modern musicians and people who really want to become a full-time professional, my number one piece of advice is learn to record yourself well to a very high professional standard. You can do that at home with only spending a, a small amount of money. You don't have to go to a big studio anymore. That's my number one piece of advice. Learn to record yourself well and take off the goggles and the mist. Come out of the dream and compare yourself absolutely directly with the top professionals. Does my little demo sound anywhere close to Alice Cooper? And if you think it does, then go back to the drawing board because you're dreaming. It takes years to do that. And then, okay, yeah, I'm getting there now. I'm starting to get a sound that feels like this. That's the number one. Be realistic. I love it. Be realistic with yourself. But you know what? I love that thing of taking... Don't don't take your contemporaries. Take what is really above, and match it, or at least yeah. do it, do your best to get to that I, level. You know, uh, it's I don't want to be I want to be the best local band while I'm local, but I'm not aiming to just I I want to go on tour around the world with my band. I want to write songs that will connect with people on the deepest possible level i want to be there that's where that's where i am that's where i feel i'm i am there now i'm living my dream ryan i'm absolutely living my dream I, i'm just so so lucky it's embarrassing you know I love it. All right, my producer just just actually came to me very geniusly wrote to me on the script. We have one more segment before we have to sort of uh, wind things down a little bit, but it's a new section because you've been talking so so passionately about your fans, the In the Trenches podcast and the whole RGA uh, dome of what we have built over here at Ryan Rocks, the official YouTube channel. We have a thing called Fan of the Week, and uh, we would like now to introduce our Fan of the Week, Kathy Grant, who has just uh, helped us with a lot of the podcast. Uh, I was on the Pink Sock podcast earlier this week. We want to thank her for all her work that she did with that and uh, give her a little bit of credit where credit is due. So if you want to be an RGA, an ITT, or a Roxy Fan of the Week, just do something cool. You know what? Go follow Blaze right now on all his social media and tell us that you did it and tag um, Ryan Roxy. Kathy Grant, this one's for you. Here you go. Now, is that a picture of Kathy? There she is. That's our fan of the week, Kathy Grant. Okay, there you go. All right, that was just happened yesterday. So, because you are so passionate about your fans, man. I mean, and, and they, do you feel that you've been, I guess, Patreon? You know what Patreon is? 
No. Uh, okay, it's 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 like sort of fan supported artists um, that they have, and you've been doing that for years before. You've been you've been sort of DIY. It's all about the fans for how many albums now? Um, since nineteen eighty four. Shit, the whole entire discography then. Well, well, let me put it in perspective. When we started way, way back with Wolfsbane, then we had our own demo tapes. We got our T-shirts printed. We got in a van. We did little gigs. We sold our demo tapes to people after the gig. We sold our T-shirts, and we became the biggest unsigned metal band in the UK without a record deal. And we did gigs everywhere and we filled them up playing to 300 people. So that is where mentally I come from. And then becoming part of what I think is a slave system in the mainstream music business that uh, was born on the back of Elvis Presley and his contemporaries right. and and the that came on the back of Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple and all of these giants of the past, then I felt very uncomfortable. And here's the thing. In those early, early days, and this is true for anybody going back to our question about how to get into the music business you you could just get a bunch of people together you can go on x factor that is an absolutely legitimate thing to do if you want to be a singer in popular music that's fine too there's no one path but for me and my music and my heart when we started you were there in the same room. You were meeting your fans. You couldn't avoid them. You knew who they were. And then you sign up and suddenly, oh, you have to appear to be separate. You've got to be a little bit distant. Oh, well, I don't quite agree with that. But, oh, yeah, and you've got to do And everything seemed to conspire about putting you away from your fans and one of the worst things and this is a top professional manager at the time who i won't name one of the worst things was don't overestimate the intelligence of fans i'm like well i'm a fan so basically you're saying all of us that like this kind of music we've been fooled into liking it and you've tricked us into buying the music and support and man that had never ever left me that's a long time ago so you did the opposite i've been i've been all through it man i've been through i must have been on five major labels in my life you know from uh geffen emi phonogram a lot of different things, lots of different record deals. And then at the end of it all, after Maiden, there I am and I'm like, I'm going to go to a distributor. And I went to the distributor, Plastic Head Distribution, and I took my uh, Iron Maiden albums in and uh, 
um, my Silicon Messiah album and I said, I want to be a record company. And uh, early on that it, stuff, that's great, man. Uh, and he and the guy there, he just looked in his computer, looked at the sales of this, looked at the sales uh, of uh, X Factor and Virtual Eleven, told me the numbers. He said, "On these numbers, yeah, do it." And that's when I became Blaze Bailey Recording, and that was the start for me of just an absolute connection with my fans no one else involved my fans then supported me directly with no one else uh, and now i'm able to say right and i think marillion were the first ones to do this with their fan club the web when they were out of an emi deal and i'm able to say and i'm i'm so grateful and fortunate to be in this situation right i'm gonna make an album please buy it we haven't got any songs written we haven't got a title for it but please send me the money for it and my fans have trusted me and they've sent money and now i can say right we, we've got the album on pre-sale now you know we're supposed to have the vinyl at the same time as the CD. It's coming though. I we had that bombshell earlier in the podcast. Yeah, it's all I'm coming out now. Hundred percent supported by my fans around the world. You know, and and some fans just some fans go. You know what? I'll support you. I don't even need to. Uh, I'm not just going to get the record, but I'm also going to send a contribution to make sure that you're going to be okay and able to do it. So I'm so lucky, man. I've had incredible support from so many people, incredible support. Uh, I'm grateful and I'm lucky to have that, but it's just this. It's a small team of people with a single vision of doing our absolute best from the manager, the web shop, the guys in the band, the writing of the songs, do our absolute best for people like us because we are fans and we know what it is to be in love with our favorite artists. Well, you know what, dude? You, you've done a great job with putting up the team together as well. I think we do a good job over here at, in the trenches of creating that family vibe. There's been a very faithful and strong uh, presence in the chat room all day today with our guest, Blaze Bailey. Um, the new album, War Within Me, uh, which is released out digitally, and uh, the CDs and the vinyl are all getting signed up at the... Uh, Blaze Castle or Castle Blaze. I don't know what yeah. you called it earlier. But uh, one last thing I wanted to talk about before, um, and I just wanted to get this in because you're really good at storytelling and uh, everyone seems to be enjoying uh, these stories that you've been giving us today, Blaze. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the multi-year concept trilogy because you've been early on a lot of these ideas. You've been early on getting your own label. This album trilogy that you did uh called infinite entanglement um why did you embark on such a big project uh, taking up so many years and uh, why not just standalone albums or how oh, i didn't i didn't 
I didn't. Uh, basically, what happened was I was scheduled to start writing an album to bring out a new album. And normally I like to have lyrics and everything ready and swap ideas. And uh, my writing partner at the time, Michelle, uh, who, who was uh, a classical acoustic guitarist, wonderful songwriter in her own right. We had some uh, writing sessions together and I just didn't have anything, man. I just not. She had a few ideas and all I had was a story that I'd been working on, which was a science fiction story about a guy that does not know he, if he's human, his consciousness, he learns, has been transferred into a robot body. He thinks he's wearing some kind of advanced space suit, but actually his consciousness is inside a machine body. And when we started writing, I'm like, oh, no. Uh, I'll have to try some of these things. And lines from the story and phrases that I'd been working on started to work as lyrics. And like, oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, maybe this could be a concept album. And then Chris Appleton came on board and we had 16 songs and I'm, well, I, I feel this is good. And then my manager at the time said, you haven't got time or money to record 16 songs. <laughs> I'm like, what? No, 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 man. You're on a knife edge financially. If you want to record more than 10 songs, then you're not going to be able to do it. You know, that that's it. You can't make an album. And I'm like, what? But this is just, and then, then it went bang. It's not one album. It's actually three. It's the beginning, the journey, and the arrival on a planet at the other side of the galaxy, a Kepler discovered planet where a new civilization begins. But it's, it's of the worst kind coming from a dark place in someone else's heart. And I went to Chris Appleton and I said, it's three albums. And he goes, okay, well, that's <laughs> that a lot of work. Three, that means three times the amount of time it, I'm going to have to spend yeah, with Blaze it, Bailey. Ah. It, uh, yeah. He's like, <laughs> he didn't know me that, he, he didn't know me that much at that time. And right, he gradually got worse and worse for well, him. He knows you now. And, and then my manager, uh, then I just got involved with my manager now, Mark Appleton, and I said, it's three albums. And he said, oh, that's a lot of work. And I said, it's in three years, and it's three tours, and the album release is every spring. And he goes, oh, okay. Now, if you were on a major label, if you're on any label, actually, well, and you go say, for it. they wouldn't sign off got, on it. Say, they will just say to you, let's see how the first album goes. Yeah. Right. But I was in this 
uh, the luxury of this situation. Bearing in mind, I got no money at all to spend on making an album. And I've been doing guest vocals for different bands. They hire me, I'll sing on this song on my album and all of this at a studio in Birmingham called Rob Anna's, which is run by Robert Hoffman. And this is just the universe now. Robert Hoffman, Robert Hoffman says to me, he says, Blaze, uh, what are you doing? I said, well, I'd like to record a new album. I said, I've got two as booked. I've got a new manager. I've got a band together. And I would really like to record an album. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. Come and record in this studio. Take as long as you want. Get the job done the way you want it. Pay me when you've sold the album. I'm like... That's the universe meeting you what? halfway, more and than halfway. Like, what? what? And he's going, yeah, yeah, I trust you. We've worked together for years. You've been in the studio. You've always paid on time. We've, absolutely. And then, and I'm like, wow. And so because of all these things coming together and the wonderful, the, the wonderful Robert Hoffman from uh, Rob and the Studios in Birmingham, my wonderful manager, Mark Appleton, my writing partner, Chris, uh, all of the people that got involved from Michelle and uh, and we had these fantastic opera singers from a band called Ionia as well. Everything came together for me. And then my fans actually bought and pre-ordered the albums. I was able to do three albums in three years and each one released in spring and each one with its own tour. And then the next year, another tour with all the songs that I never had time to play. So it's just a fantastic and unbelievable. It is my greatest achievement in music is my infinite entanglement trilogy. And it's, it doesn't sound like a regular Blaze Bailey album. It doesn't sound like War Within Me. It's something else. It's a huge, huge spiritual journey. And Should um, it be listened to I, in I one it. sitting? Should it be listened to in one sitting? Well, what happens, what happens is what my fans do is they'll put a playlist together of the three albums and play them together, and they work. It works. It does work like that. You can put it. You you could dive in and get different songs. I think, you know, there's so much great music for me personally, as I rate it. So much great music on the three albums, but one song in particular took on a new meaning, and that's because. We were playing in Chile and a guy called Omar did a gig for us, Blaze Fest in Chile. All the local bands supporting, huge fan of me and my career. Huge gig, beautiful lighting, great PA, Blaze Fest, did a big signing before the gig uh, uh, and everything. And five songs in, we've got a song I think it's Escape Velocity, 
And halfway through that song, it's a fast song, and then it starts chugging like this. And all the fans start running out of the room. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck, man? I mean, this, uh, you know, and then the lights go out. And then, you know, like this. And uh, and Martin McNee, the drummer, he's, he's still going away. He's going, oh, must be a problem with the light. The promoter's on the side of the stage. Blaze, it's an earthquake. Get out. Get out. And I'm like, what? And Martin's still, Martin's still like this. Like, what? And I'm going, Martin, get out. Stop. It's an earthquake. And then well, and then on the phones, you got the phone, and he's like, tsunami warning. Move to higher ground. Everybody's got the same message. Like, what the? And so they got us a van. We're up on the higher ground. Everything, all of this. The gig is 20 feet from the ocean. <laughs> so when you say tsunami warning, yeah. you go, ah! Yeah. And we're, we're up there, man. We're, we're, we're high above. And then about four hours later, we get another message on every phone saying, over, all clear. We go back down to the gig, and bits of the building are in the street. And about 20 fans came back and they said, are you going to finish the gig, Blaze? I said, not this year. <laughs> you know, uh, it just, uh, it was amazing, man. I, I, it, the seems, bizarre... it seems a lot like uh, what happened with Firefest. Uh, I guess my question, my question to you would be, is there going to be a Blaze Fest 2? Yes, we have promised. <laughs> What are you? We, what are you going to have there? Wildfires? I don't know. What's the natural we disaster that we can return. look forward to? That we we have promised to return. The name of the town is Coquimbo, in Chile. We have promised to. Oh, return. the south of Chile, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, yes. That was a guess. And, uh, that was a the, fucking the guess. End, the end of the story is that the promoter said to me, "Are you going to write a song about this?" And I have written songs about gigs that I've done and experiences. And I said, you know what? That's a great idea. And that song is on the wall within my album, and it's called 18 Flights. 18 Flights. That would yeah. be, hold on, track two, three, four, five. That'd be track six. There you go. Yeah, beginning and of flight right. two. Damn it. I hope you write a song about this podcast, Blaze. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's been one of those amazing episodes that yeah. I'm, I, I, you know what? We've been going on for a little while now, and I love it. We said it was long form, and I asked you before we me. started. It's coming to me. Ryan! <laughs> Ryan, Vic, and Joey. Ryan! Ryan, Vic, and Joey on the podcast, on the podcast, on the podcast. Ryan! So might as well get them you, you guys get what on the screen maybe, real quick. Maybe, maybe F flat for the beginning. <laughs> that's our producer, Joey. There, or there, there's our producer, Vic. And there's the, there's our booker, Joey, right there. Management team. Every, that's our team right now there with Blaze wow. Bailey. So there you go. Now wow. give yourselves the hook. But there you go. They get your I screenshots mean, I, in now. These guys, these guys are good looking. Yeah, good looking guys. Almost like a Wolfsbane yeah. uh, uh Promo shot. So, okay. yeah. One is that us? <laughs> Real quick, Al Alice has a thing called "Never Let the Truth Get in the Way of a Good Story," and 
damn it. We've had yeah. some great stories today, folks. But never let the truth get in the way story. Is it fact or fiction that you and Paul yeah. Diano yeah. are both going to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? It's total fiction. Well, is it fiction, fact it, or fiction? It's fiction. Fiction. I think it should be fact. I heard it was yeah, fact. It's, it's fiction. What has happened? I have been inducted into the Metal Hall of Fame. Oh, I love it. Okay. Right now, where's where, where's the Metal Hall? Where's the Metal Hall of Fame located? Is that is that a part of Ohio? In the world. Or? In the world of metal, obviously. Is it inside right? the place, baby? <laughs> I mean, at the center of the world of metal. Right. Ryan, wow. I am in that one. And I'll tell you who else is in the Metal Hall of Fame. Lord, in my religion, let's just preface it with that. Lord God Almighty of rock metal vocals. Ronnie James Dio is in the Metal Hall of Fame. As he should be. Yes. And I'll tell you who's not in there. Shakira. Okay. <laughs> so Why do you have a beef with Shakira? She's like, I don't. I don't at all. <laughs> but I don't. But why Wait, is are she you in competitive the rock with? You know what? Shakira, Bailey, both stripper names in a way. Let's be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll go against any day of the week, man. I will outstrip Shakira. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you I'll talk about teasing. I know it, man. I know it. I know it. <laughs> okay. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> on the new album. Yeah, go on. Is the band Iron Maiden featured on the new album's low, uh, on the album cover? Fact or fiction? Are you, are you drinking before the podcast starts? <laughs> I'm just really? saying, I've seen rumors that I've heard obviously fiction, but why would well, someone look, say that it would look be? Look at the cover. I know. Just look at, look at the cover. These right? are not my then words. Look at the song list. Okay. And there is a song, The Dream of Alan Turing. Yes, it is. Now, Alan Turing is an incredible British scientist, widely regarded as the godfather of modern computers, okay? And he is famous for cracking the Enigma code, which was the code that the U-boats used to communicate with command to say which convoys they would attack in World War II. When they there was were, a movie. There was a movie made about it just a couple of years ago. They were a blockade, yeah. and they were they were basically starving the British uh, by sinking all freight and food on its way to Britain. Alan Turing cracked the Enigma code. My artist Akiran, incredible, incredible artist. I said to. I said to him, I've got a song about Alan Turing. I said, I want everything on the cover to have a reference to a song. So we got a black hole. We got Stephen Hawking's chair. Yep. We've got Nikola Tesla yep. with the lightning. And we've got the keys 
of the machine Enigma on the front cover. And then a guy says to me yesterday in an interview, why have you got Maiden on the front cover of your album? And I'm going, I haven't. And I mean, this is incredible. He said, yes, you have. <laughs> but this, this has to do with syllables. I think it has to do with syllables. Iron Maiden, Alan Turing. Uh, yeah, Iron Maiden, Alan Turing. Iron Maiden, Alan Turing. Iron Maiden, Alan Turing. I think. See it? I think I know what's on the front cover of my album. <laughs> you know what? You really think somebody's going to sneak by me and go, "Oh, that the artist, this incredible, wonderful guy in Spain that does." Incredible work. He does work for Iron Maiden as well. He's he's absolutely wonderful. You're going to think that this guy, right, who's done this incredible artwork, uh, come there up it with is. this. Those great, are the codes. There it yeah, is. This, this great visualization that I've talked to him about. He's come up with this that he is going to go. And you know what? I will sneak the words Iron Maiden onto the front cover. He'll never notice. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, so I would go, I would say to the guy, I'll say, do you know, have you ever heard of Alan Turing? Fine if you haven't. That's absolutely, I'll say, have you ever heard of it? Uh, yes. I'm going, do you know what Alan Turing is famous for in World War II? And he goes, the Enigma code. He said, yes. I said, so does it make any sense to you that it says Enigma, not Maiden? You know, I oh, think if man. you put the words Alan Turing into the Enigma Code machine, it would come out Iron Maiden. That's all I'm thinking he's saying. And that is track seven, just so you Ryan, know, by the way. I, <laughs> I think, I, I never thought of it before, but you know what? That needs testing because I think you could be right. I could be right. I, I, I think I yeah, could be. I just think- I mean... I, just like you say, clogs were invented in the UK. I'm yes, saying they were. Yeah, well, Hebden Bridge in the UK. <laughs> my last, never let the truth of a, of a good, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Um, are you and Bruce Dickinson mortal combat enemies? No. Or friends? And I, I'm going to say that's 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 fiction. Because I, I think that you're somewhat friends. You've actually used his facility to film videos. So I- Well, you know, it, my first time in New York with Wolf Spain, Bruce Dickinson came to the gig. He bought us all a, a, a drink. We had a great chat. People said we looked alike at the same, you know, around that time. Obviously, I'm looking a lot better now than him. And uh, Are you, you going to do another strip off with him? You you want to strip yeah. off with Shakira and Bruce Dickinson. They're both being yeah, called right. out. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, there will be. Yeah, that's it. And um, now, from that day, really, uh, he's just been fantastic. He was uh, he supported me before Iron Maiden. When I was in Iron Maiden, he wished me luck. And after Iron Maiden, he supported me um, when I came with my Man Who Would Not Die album. And when I wanted to do a video, uh, 
in a flight simulator, Bruce let me use his flight simulator at, at his company where he teaches all the pilots. He let me use top of the range flight simulator. It's a wonderful person and a legend, vocally incredible. I mean, this guy, is, you can say metal, rock, vocals, and there's one of probably five people that will take that place and you could use it. You can have Bruce Dickinson, Ronnie James Dio, Rob Halford, and a couple of other guys, um, Robert Plant. And you could say, right, yeah, if you want to embody what that is, then he's one of those people. And the songs that he has performed on are in pop culture and can never die. So incredible that we've never had any bad words between us. And to be honest, I once, I was ready to start a fist fight with someone who said, you said this derogatory comment, I won't say what it is, uh, about Bruce Dickinson. And I said, no. I didn't. And the guy said, yes, you did. It's on the internet. <laughs> Same guy that said that Iron Maiden was on your album cover, probably. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. It might be. So, well, yeah, let me ask you this. Is Bruce in the uh, Metal Hall of Fame? Not yet. He will be, though. Maybe he you can be. maybe you can return the favor. You can sort of help him get into the metal hall of fame. He doesn't which, need my uh, help, man. Which is He's apparently metal. somewhere in the universe. You just call out the metal gods. Actually, he read... Bruce Dickinson is metal, and also let's not forget that Bruce had cancer in his mouth, right? And he's a vocalist and a pilot. But he had cancer in his mouth and did not know what was going to happen to him and saw his life in front of him and he faced cancer and survived it. So luckily for all of us, that cancer was discovered early on so it was treatable. But he's been through that, man. In his later life, you know, he's been through that. He's come through it. It's incredible. Not just a metal god beating the metal odds. You know what? You're a very, very positive, optimistic person. Um, I've really enjoyed having this talk with you, Mr. Blaze. I really do. Um, I'm going to wrap it up. I do want people to get in touch with you on your social media. So we have a little point where heading out to the highway. Um, will you please tell the people? On, uh, that are listening to us on our audio broadcast, the best ways to get in touch with Blaze Bailey? Well, it would be a great privilege for me if you would look up War Within Me album on Spotify and then if you would follow me on my social media on Instagram, Follow me at Blaze Bailey on Instagram and on official Blaze Bailey on Facebook. There's a few Blaze Baileys on there. It's not me. I'm the official 
Blaze Bailey. And then on Twitter, I don't really use Twitter. It's just it things get tweeted because it's connected to Facebook. And then my main website is blazebailey.net and my shop is blazebaileyshop.com. So I would love to have your support. I am completely independent and I'm supported directly by my fans. There it is. Blaze Bailey. Man, what else can we do? I mean, this is like one of the most energetic podcasts we've had. Uh, there was a comment way, way early on that said that uh, maybe I should have you and Mike Monroe on the same podcast because you oh, guys... Oh, man, Mike Monroe is, you know, uh, talking about that competitive thing oh, yeah. that we talked about earlier, you know, and there are people who can never, you can never beat or eclipse like Ronnie James Dio. You know, yeah. it can never be beaten or eclipsed. Bruce Dickinson can never be beaten or it just is this incredible entity. Those people are. And it's the shame, absolute shame on me that I never saw Mike Monroe um, with Hanoi Rocks. I yeah. missed that whole... And then I'm on a festival in Wales, um, which is an indoor festival, and I go on before Mike Monroe. And I have respect for him as a songwriter and everything, but I've never seen Mike Monroe live. And he kicked my ass, man. He kicked me. <laughs> he will do that. I mean, he will you're do that talking line. about, no. you're like, you're like, yeah, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to have a go. I went out, I did my thing, and I'm like, yeah, follow that. And then Mike Monroe went, he, he didn't even think about it. He just is. It just goes, poof. And now everybody can forget Blaze Bailey because <laughs> Mike Monroe is here and I am a superstar. Wow. And he didn't say it. He said it in the way he stood, in the way he sang, in the way he moved. The way his he performed. Yeah. His commitment to his songs was a hundred percent, man. It left no you're just like, wow. And it's so rare to see that. And what a lovely, lovely guy. I got a selfie with him afterwards and everything. I didn't tell him that I was actually intimidated by his performance. You know, Perfect I didn't say... example of leaving it all on stage, like you yeah, had said earlier, he that he left it all on guy. stage. You know, I didn't say, Mike, you've just kicked my ass, and now I feel I've got to start again. I just said, Mike, you're great. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think would be like really cool if they ever did sort of a what do they have those x factors or what, what are those things called with those those shows where it's um oh you all dress up in a big costume no, 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 and they have to guess who, you, who the singer not is who this, not, not the mass singer, singer not that no something where uh, the the next singer the world's next singer, whatever idol if there was a metal sort of like genre of just idol, just just metal bands though, you would be one of the perfect judges because I feel that you're sort of 
your energy would be perfect for bands coming up. You give them the exact right like advice. Would you ever think consider doing something like uh, that? I, I don't think it's metal. I don't, I think it's just music. You know, I I don't consider metal to be that separate. As you and I love this music, we live with this music. It's a part of us. It's still music. As long as it so, has guitars in it. Oh, it, it would have. No, they would have. Doesn't, band. Music doesn't have to have guitars. Right. The music I love has guitars. Metal has guitar. My art form, to be pretentious for a moment, has guitars. I use heavy metal as a way to express myself as an artist, but it's still music. So I would go on any music program. The problem being that, yeah, you probably think I'm such a lovely, fluffy, nice person, but when you get into the nitty gritty of what it really means, the real true commitment that you have to have to yourself and your art, and you know exactly what dark. I'm talking about it's to dark. get to that level of performance, Matt, that is not easy. And I would be worried in that situation that my fluffy, lovely, soft image could get destroyed by my hard, unforgiving, tell it like it is, practice and be in tune and on time. Why are you even here? <laughs> you know, I'm afraid that could get in the you way. You could be all three judges, man. You, you I could, could be I the could get in the way, right? <laughs> I could get in the way. It's like uh, the, the question, going back to the question from before, and we'll get into the music business. Uh, and we'll get to it. Well, the number one question you've got to ask yourself, and this is horrible, but it's a question I've had to ask myself, uh, is, well, why are you interesting and why would anybody want to listen to you? And that is like, uh, because I play guitar, well, that's not enough. It's not enough to be a good player or a good singer is not enough. Now, find the answer. And that's what people have to do. And I'm afraid if I, if I do go on The Voice or The, yeah, the Voice, that's what I'm talking about. You know, that I'm going to be, I, I, they're going to see me as worse than Simon Cowell. I'm, they're going to go, right, Simon Cowell now is on the nice end of the table. <laughs> He's a good guy. And on the other end of the table, we've got Blaze Bailey. Yeah. Oh and it's God. like, golden right. buzzer, forget it. There is no golden buzzer. You're not gold. Until I say you're gold. Now get practicing. Fucking blaze. We're, we're going to cross paths, dude. All I can hope is that we cross paths in some sort of dressing room where you have your own dressing room. Uh, I want to ask you a question, please Ryan. Do. Please do. Right. You've asked me some, you've asked me some questions, okay? Uh, you've been direct, you know, and you've asked me these myth things. I want to ask you a, a question. Feel free to lie. Um, outside some bars... They'll write to, to this is to encourage people to drink alcohol. They'll write no good story started with a glass of water. Hmm. Right now, 
Let me. Do you think that's true or false? <sighs> I think it's definitely false. Yeah, that's right. I do because it's lack of a, the a good story starts with imagination. No matter what the drink, man. If I'm gonna throw, if I've got a glass of water, and I'm sure if you have, right, we are gonna find a great a great story. Number one, we'll throw it on each other in the bar and uh, go, right, come on. <laughs> I'm done with my glass of water, though. Damn it, I drank all the water uh, now. <laughs> well, I bought a bigger glass, oh. and this is Vimto. So, you know, just a little tip for you there, mate. Bring a bigger glass. We're going to need a – well, dude – Next time we chat, hopefully we'll be face to face, and yeah. uh, we will have another uh, sort of in the trenches moment. But this has been very special for me, Blaze. I really uh, appreciate you being on the podcast. Um, War within me. It's on. Uh, it's out right now, folks. You know to get it. Uh, check it out on Spotify digitally. But if you want all those special packages, uh, whether it's CD or vinyl, which Blaze will be signing with a paint pen, which you learned is the most important of all pens out there, um, he will be doing that. It, what's the uh, website? BlazeBaileyShop.com. So there you go. Uh, Blaze, hold on one second while I say goodbye to our uh, faithful that have lasted in the chat a long and an extended episode of In the Trenches. Uh, again, we got to thank Joey. We got to thank Vic, our producer. We got to thank everybody, um, your management team that put this together. Um, but mostly, and you've been echoing this the entire episode, we thank the fans and for those of you that come in uh, week in and week out and support In the Trenches. In fact, so much that next week we have episode number 77 it's our se and you know the number 77 is a big thing for me and uh, my producer's like freaking out because he didn't put the post up but you know what no worries about that our big episode next week will be number 77 so we want you to come for that dave the rat rattenberry will be interviewing yours truly so hopefully i will be able to compete with this guy and match his energy but blaze any parting words for the fans? Uh, thank you so yeah. much for being on. Uh, uh, you've heard of Bitcoin. People have heard of Bitcoin. Nice. Well, I've invented my own currency, <laughs> right? Uh, each one of these is worth a million pounds. It also doubles as a coaster, and we will start negotiations with different people around the world that will supply goods and services but not yet. Is that a Blaze so, coin? What is that? Is Blaze yeah, coin? It's Blaze coin. Yeah. yeah it's Blaze it. coin. That it's actually looks very much like a coaster, <laughs> but it actually, in the future, that will be worth a million pounds. So if you see coasters, when you go to the web shop, that's actually the currency that I've invented as well, <laughs> but I'm keeping it quiet, calling it a coaster. Blaze Bailey, lead vocalist and apparently entrepreneur of the new Blaze Coin. Uh, thank you very much for being on In the Trenches, Blaze. We really appreciate it. The new album, War Within Me. Come and check it out. And there is our episode 77 that's coming out right now. Better late than never, that's what I say. But uh, thank you very much, Blaze. And everybody out there in the chat, until next time, enjoy the ride, folks. In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello. Moby.
Give him his guitars back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, boys. Damn. Ooh, sorry about that. I totally forgot to add that clip. You blanked on it. Like, I blanked on Fan of the Week. It don't matter. It's all good. I think it was, I mean, we had Blaze taking over the whole thing. I mean, it was like, that's why he's a front man. That's why you're, that's why you front the band, dude. It's when you haven't had a gig. I mean, it must be the same for you, Ryan. You haven't had a gig for a while. You realize that all the energy you pour into the gig is still floating around there somewhere, and it, it just comes out. No you must have gotten a good night's sleep last night. <laughs> no, no, I don't sleep very well at all, man. I, I, I have insomnia. I, I'm very self-destructive. I know. I've researched. I've been all over YouTube. I know everything that you're supposed to do to get sleep, and there's a part of me that goes, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, there, so there I am, and I'm like, well, why should why should I get up early when I'm on tour? I don't have to get up early. I don't go to bed till late. So why would I change? No wonder I can't sleep because normally I'd be just getting off stage at this time. Oh my god, that's right. How was it for you, Vic? Sorry about the echo. No, that was, no it was only a couple times. I yeah, wasn't a little bit. The headphones. I did turn the volume down here on my speaker. Oh, we're taking that out of your pay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Dude. That's actually biggest now. Now I owe Let you money. That's why we went on for two hours oh. and twenty minutes because he wanted the he wanted the overtime. Is that what mm -hmm. it was? Damn. Yeah. With I with the it. echo, it looks like you owe us nine ninety five. Yeah. Okay, mate. Get paid by the word. I love it. They get right. paid by the story. The stories were great, dude. We're we're gonna be able to to uh, um, clip this up into little um, little segments, just little clips, yeah. and then we'll tag you on it. If you can do uh, pass it on to your fans, that would be great. You know, that would be great, man. It'd be really good. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joey. Thank you, Ryan. It's been absolutely. I can hardly great. wait to see you, dude. I mean, you're, you, honestly, I I feel like I want to give you a big hug and say thank you very much again for for uh, just taking the time. I, I I really think it's important that uh, that you promote your own music, but promote promote the whole genre of music because it really does inspire people when they when they actually. You know, hear talking your... to Vic yesterday about the podcast format, right? It really is taking the power away from them and oh, yeah. using it ourselves. You know, the podcast is however long you decide it is. Exactly. It runs as long as you want it to run. It's it's the it is a true format of conversation, I think. So I, I think it's great, and no, yeah, uh, I've yeah. really enjoyed today. You're, you're going to see a lot of people that are going to respond because our fans are pretty dedicated, and they're they're and when we have a when we have a great guest on, they tend to follow and they tend to. So you know, you might see some new some new faces, which is going to be great. You know, that'd be great, man. Yeah, that'd be absolutely. Well, hey, man, great. have a great rest of your day, uh, Vic. I'll call you a little bit later. Um, I'm obviously okay. a little bit late for dinner, so I, 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 the <laughs> oh, door the trouble. door opened and closed a few times while I was <laughs> doing this, but it's all good. I mean, when hey, when when you got a guest like Blaze and the stories are coming you and the conversations flowing, you just keep going. 
So well, we had scheduled it for two hours and 20 minutes and it yeah. came if, in. If, just you, if you want to book me again, then maybe we can talk about the quilt problems. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I heard. That, I heard I missed out on the whole quilt thing. But uh, thank you, Joey. I'll, I'll give you guys both the call later. And Blaze, I will um, speak to you at some point, you know. Thanks, okay. Ryan. Lovely right. to meet you, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Best, best of luck with, with, with the album, too. All right. So, um, Cheers. Thank you. We'll see you in a little bit. Great. See you in a bit. Thank you.